The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. As we know, it's an ongoing part of our journey, our path every day to welcome the blessings and to be a student of this life. And on this show, we offer tools. Uh, We feature experts from across the globe that are making a difference because they're willing to be different. And that, of course, reflects our guest today, Simran Singh. Simran, thanks for being on our show today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Tim. It's always wonderful to talk to you and to definitely dig into what's going on in our world and what we each can do personally to start shifting some of the things around us. Well, I know my encounter with you a few years ago was I was somewhat spellbound in that, you know, we talk about how every now and then you'll meet someone on your path and there's such similarity. Um, it's a, it's an energy kind of thing. And I know that you feel and teach people about the value, as do I, of, of learning to connect those dots. You know, of being attentive to what shows up on your path. And I've been seeing of eleven eleven or one one one, like most of my adult life. Or I'll look at the radio or the clock, you know, and there it is, 11-11. So I was just so um, tickled when I encountered meeting you. Uh, you have an award-winning magazine called 11-11 and a number one rated talk show, 11-11. So what's your story with 11-11 and, and, and what does that mean to you? Well, 1111 is definitely a symbol that has shown up for me uh, repeatedly for a very, very long time. And it, it began at the moment where I really asked out loud, you know, what's going on here? I can't believe the world is random. I have to believe that there is some kind of meaning to all of the suffering and the different things that take place. And if if there is a greater presence out there in this moment, I really need a sign. And that's how my conversation with the universe actually began, and it has deepened in incredibly profound ways with many, many layers attached to it because it became a conversation where it wasn't really just about numbers being the sign but about every single thing in my life is actually that conversation. And what I discovered is, Every person has within themselves this really sacred moment where the soul says it's time to turn inside and know that you're already home, know that you have everything that you need inside of you. Each sign and symbol and synchronicity is a ticking of that clock. And when that individual chooses to start the waking up process, then there's not one thing in life that doesn't offer that remembrance and that gateway to truth in such an intensely soulful and personal way. And you start to discover not just that life is conspiring for you, but that life is you, as you, always speaking with you, 
assisting you and helping you to understand the oneness that is. And in that way, whatever we end up encountering as tragic or as blissful as it is, is part of that experience experiencing itself. And then it's about can you find your mastery within that wave of everything and allness that exists. When do you uh, recall on on your journey um, one of the first time or two that you had an awakening or an aha moment? I know you you moved to the states when you were a little girl with your family, right? I did. Uh, I was actually born in Vancouver, and then we moved to the states when I was three. Um, as far as awakening. I'm one of those individuals that really believes we're all asleep still. I don't know that there is anyone awake on the planet. I believe when we truly wake up, we'll actually have left the planet. We would have opened up to entire consciousness. I think that we are in the dreaming state as much as we want to believe that we are woken up. But in that dreaming state, we are given clues. And I think my my first true moment of those clues occurred in relationship, in my marital relationship. That's when when I finally kind of got the the tragically painful moment that said this can't be it. Until then, I would say it was numbness. It was allowing life to pass by, uh, kind of settling into anything that just existed and, and letting it be okay. And it was easy enough to do because I was in an experience where I was, you know, married to a wealthy enough husband. We lived in a very nice home. I had a very good life from what it looked like on the outside. Internally, it was a very painful experience, Um, both physically, emotionally, psychologically. It it was extremely painful. And oftentimes we don't know how painful something is until we actually get out. And the, the more I would attempt to get out, the more I would start to see the signs and the symbols and that waking up or lucid dreaming process then started beginning so that it's, Half awake, half asleep. I love the way you're framing that and that it that we're actually in a dream state and and not really awake. I, I love it when there's a different window of, of seeing something. Um, that's a very powerful way of looking at it. Well, but when I think we, one of the biggest things that we have to realize is the degree to which we lie to ourselves. And until we're willing to tell the truth to ourselves about where we are and how we are, we really can't go forward. And anything beyond that is going to be an excuse. An excuse is really just the first cousin to a lie. Mm. Well, it seems like in, in some ways our, our paths have been similar that, you know, feeling very metaphysical, you know, all of our, all of our existence and you you really have an interesting experience when you're metaphysical and you live in South Carolina. I did as well as you have and continue to. It's a different kind of experience, that's for sure. Uh, but in that in that place, I know when I first started out with new thought or these ideas that they're ancient, they're not new, but we call it that because they're new to people often. You know, they we, we have thinking that, emerges itself in a new way and therefore we can have some kind of aha moment or uh, some kind of uh, reframing something if you will Um, but that being said I for so long I only wanted to focus on the good stuff and the fun stuff and but then as life went on I realized the definite need and the essential basis of not replacing our humanity and working with the elements of our light and our dark. Do you feel that in some ways your your message over the years has has changed? What what was it previously and what is it like now? Most definitely it has changed. When I began Eleven Eleven magazine and even Eleven Eleven Talk Radio and began working with people as a life coacher in my center I began with that place of wanting to create beauty in the world, bring positivity, illumination, 
love, all of those really wonderful things. And I think that's what the visionary is. And we each have a visionary inside of us. And as wonderful as that is, there comes a point where I realized that that in itself is not much different than um, people that want to constantly promote the positivity and never look at their negative side or never look at what's underneath it. And when we do that, we repress. And when we repress, we bring more out. What I really now believe in helping people understand is that we are visionaries. We are here to be love and light workers, but we are also here as mystics. And mystics understand that there's an embrace of both, that our wholeness is actually understanding that our suffering and the darkness and the pain is an equal part to our light and our love and our glorious radiance. And when we can embrace both of them and stand with both of them and understand how to navigate both of them, then we achieve true humanity. Until then, we're really killing off or blocking off one full side to ourselves. And so I definitely align with you, and my work has changed now to help people understand how to embrace that side of us and also to understand that it has great purpose, almost even greater purpose than the light, because that is where the creativity births. That is where inspiration and newness and innovation come from. It is from the dark murkiness of the earth, the mother womb space, the cauldron that exists that allows something to be seeded and to grow and the embers then to spark a flame that then bursts through the earth in a new way and allows it to be the light that is going to bring forward wisdom and a new crowd and community that is going to be a new type of indigenous teaching of the current age. And so when we allow ourselves to truly know that we are mystics and visionaries, that we are human and divine, that we are light and we are dark, that we are positive and that we are negative, only then have we truly entered into the doorway of grace. Why, um, in your assessment and people you've worked with, um, why is it, do you feel, it's it's so difficult uh, for people to embrace both sides? Because the dark means that we delve deeper into the places that we covered up when we were younger, and those places were painful. And as children, when we cover them up, our imaginations are such that that boogeyman in the closet is going to be big and scary. And the older we get, the more that young one inside of us thinks that it is scarier and scarier and scarier. And it rules our lives to the place we don't want to look at it. But what I do know is when we don't look at it, it comes back to kind of get us in a certain way. It shows back up in our lives. And our willingness to actually face it, if we can realize that we're not just serving our own good, our own consciousness, our own well-being in facing these things, but we now have a greater task because the very presence we give to our own pain, we are actually helping to clear the very same pain on the planet. And the reason that there is so much pain and so much struggle and turmoil and some of the violent, vicious acts that we see is simply a a degree and mirror of the degree of pain that we have held back inside and the numbness that we've all gotten to, to the, to where we treat each other in that way unknowingly. And, and the other, other part of that that's kind of parallel to this conversation is the acceleration of, of people numbed out with, with medication. It's, it's so hard for people to grasp that you don't want to take a pill. You know, it's just fascinating to people. <laughs> you know, when you say my muscle's aching and I, you know, pulled a muscle in my back, well, I've got these super-duper pain medication pills that you can take, mm. you know, and or I'll bring over these other special pills that, you know, will help you right away. And they're fascinated and it treats you, it, the energy is almost like you're a, a UFO you know, you're an unfamiliar opinion, you know, in that it's like, what? You don't want to take it? It's like, no, I don't want to take anything like that. No, it takes weeks to recover from that one little pill. 
But for so many people now in our society, it's just become secondary to their nature. You know, pop the pill and and uh, have the thrill or whatever. When we allow ourselves to to fall victim to those things, and that's what we're really doing is we're becoming the victim when we choose rather than to say something to, to get the quick fix. What we are saying is, I don't want to be alive. I'm very happy living in my walking death rather than truly being in the full aliveness which I came to be. And what I have learned, particularly in the last two years, is regardless of the amount of grief or tragedy that hits your life, the willingness to walk into it and to face it opens up a whole different spectrum of happiness and joy and connection as well. Because only to the degree that we're willing to face our emotions are we willing to actually allow the highest of those into our life as well. And the addiction can look anything like a pill to alcohol, to sex, to work, to, to working out. To, it could be all kinds of things. It could be just plain busyness. But in some way or another, we have become a society, particularly in the Western world, that has to numb itself out. And then we wonder why the children are doing what they're doing. We're wondering why we have ADHD. We're wondering why children are picking up guns and shooting people. We wonder why some children are just um, running into gangs or getting pregnant at such young ages or falling victim to the same substances. They're mirroring the very behaviors that we've shown them, that we've modeled to them. So we are responsible for the society that we are creating. Mm, very, very well said. If you're just coming on, I'm talking with Simran Singh. She is a well-known author. She's been featured with TED Talks. She has a number one magazine, 1111, as well as a radio show, 1111 also. You can go to her website, I am Simran, S-I-M-R-A-N.com, and learn more about her, and I urge you to do so. She will impact your life in a way that she's impacted mine. I want to thank all of you for your ongoing contributions to Unity Online Radio. It's because of you that we are featured in countries all over the world and people are benefiting from the messages and the conversations that we're having. We'll be right back after this short break. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. your soul what it wants or are you so busy meeting the needs of everyone else family friends children bosses that you haven't checked in with the part of you that matters most janet connor asked this question and received an answer your soul wants five things that's it five things your soul wants to connect with source commit to values serve a purpose, express itself creatively, and last, it longs to create a beautiful, abundant life. Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that meet those needs. You can take each course separately or register for the complete Your Soul Wants Five Things series and receive $1,000 in bonuses for free. Visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your soul wants five things. Your soul will thank you.
Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Simran Singh today. Her website is I am Simran, S-I-M-R-A-N.com. Speaker, a storyteller, a change agent. Um, I love that she's a rebel. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about her. I am a rebel, too. It takes one to know one, that's for sure. And Simran <laughs> is... <laughs> that's why the universe brought us together, right? Like, go, go, keep going, keep going. Um, Simran is certainly, as I said earlier, has a successful 1111 magazine as well as a radio show. It's on Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But when you go to her website, you can learn more about it. You can follow her. You can listen to her shows as well as they are archived as well. And the author of three books. Well, you started out with Conversations with the Universe. Is that part of your path, your your journey and, and how that unfolded in your life, that you were conversing with the signs around you? It definitely was. Once I asked for the signs to start showing up, they didn't stop. And I got a lot of insight as to the different ways the world speaks to us through our pets, our children, our cars, our houses, plants, animals, insects books, everything that would start coming into my life started to be a conversation. And I wanted to share that with people because it's it's not that we get a sign, a symbol, or even a synchronicity. That just means that those are little miracles that show up from time to time. It's it's in fact that we get paragraphs upon paragraphs all of the time. And so the miracle is in every moment. And that was the beginning of my journey. And as I shared it, I began growing, I began expanding, and I began shifting in my own life, making huge changes, which then led to my second book, which is Your Journey to Enlightenment, which really talks about our world and how we become the Stepford people, and we start to follow a certain um, paradigm, and we brainwash into believing certain ways or that we have to be a certain type of individual, and that conformity is what creates our prison. That conformity is what dumbs us down and makes us not feel so alive. And so that your, your that book, Your Journey to Enlightenment, was about stepping out of conformity and into courage and really learning to live life from the innocent space as children do and creating our world from that space. And when you pour that much light on something, uh, oftentimes what will happen is anything that is clouding a vessel will start to be stirred up and requires more love into it to fully clear the vessel. And then my third book came, which was Your Journey to Love, really understanding that we are each our own ultimate soulmate and that the only thing that we came here to truly understand is the journey of the lover and beloved, which is the journey to self and the deep love that we can have within ourselves. That's really, really powerful. I, I, I want to go back to, um, and 
and touch base with with all of these because they're they're excellent books and transformative uh, for sure. Uh, when we talk about the signs, and I I love what you said. You know, when you see a sign, uh, a feather, the bird, the butterfly, the whatever the sign is, the divination of the clouds, that those are those everyday miracles. But there is an entire paragraph that can happen after that. Can can you share that 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 process? Because I know there's been times that that I've said before, because we have such powerful minds, I mean, we could take so many things as a sign, you know. I mean, you can take a sign and, and turn it into any way you want your story bended. But when you were sharing, I, I find I found that very interesting in how you how you said it. Um where do those what I believe what I believe happens is it's not that we're looking for the signs. I think oftentimes people keep looking for a sign to show up. Okay. It's the things that happen when we're not looking. It Got means it. the bird that flies by. It's the, the plumbing that goes awry. It's the flat tire. It's the, uh, the person that calls you out of the blue or the, the card or book that shows up in your hand because someone dropped by a gift. If you took the scope of a day or a week and you looked at all the different things that showed up just randomly, it is that randomness that is the paragraph. So there is much randomness in the meaning of our own lives. And when I started to connect those dots, when I started to say, what if everything is connected? What if the cardinal flying by is connected to the book on courage that someone just gave me and that's connected to the the flat tire that was in the rear of my car that was to slow me down and had me look at the past, what if I allowed this to all be one conversation of guidance from the universe to help me understand more? And then the plumbing in my wall broke and there was a flood in the basement. Perhaps that means it's my internal plumbing, my internal self that needs the cleansing, that it's the root and the foundation because it happened in my basement that is really where I need to begin and when we do that, um, you enter a world that is very magical and very mystical because all of a sudden you realize life is actually trying to help and it's showing us how it's trying to help. We look at challenges rather than miracles. And so when those things happen, we think, oh, gosh, it's an expense or now I've got another problem or now I've got to go fix the car. But in fact, it is the universe's sense of humor trying to get our attention because that's the only way we get in our, our attention is gotten is if something bad happens. If you think about it, when we're really on a high, when we're really feeling good, we certainly don't go inside. We go more outside. And so the only way to get us to stop is to have something like that happen. But within each of those things is the gift. And that's where our shift in perspective has to change. And that's how the conversations with the universe help to shift that perspective. That's really powerful, Simran. I'm glad we recorded that, really. <laughs> because I just really, really like that. It's such a, a, a powerful way of, of, of lining up, of, you know, it's the signs that we aren't looking for that are really offering us these intense or, or valuable messages. And I also really got and heard you say, when things are going great, we're more spending time on the outside than we are on the inside. Well, I think that's much of the reason that crisis and tragedy do occur, and I believe that the more we choose to or intend to become conscious and become more spiritual and become more self-devoted, we will tend to invite in even stronger cases of, of challenge, not because we're trying to punish ourselves, but because we have deepened levels of mastery. And the whole purpose that we came on earth was to become self-realized. Well, the self is capital S-E-L-F. It's not even just a capital S with a small lowercase E-L-F. It is capital S-E-L-F. Because that self is the ultimate. It is essence. It is God. It is all that is. 
And that's who each one of us are. And so for us to really recognize we are that degree of self means we must overcome all identities and all trappings and all limitations that are on this planet. And so it requires that embrace. It requires the stillness. And it also requires the sacred activism because we are both human and divine. Wow. <laughs> when you first started tuning into the process, did you did you sit at the end of the week and kind of reflect with journaling of how do these all co- connect together or... Uh, I, I'm not wanting to make this process complicated, but I also have been working with people for a long time, and I know it's helpful if they go, okay, well, here's what I need to do with this. Did you kind of reflect upon it uh, at, at the end of the week or tie them together to really see how they oh, were so connected? Gracious. gracious, no. I'm as dysfunctional as the rest of us. Um, (laughs) and I don't kid myself about it I think that's the one thing I want people to realize particularly for me is I stand here just as an example and the example that I want to set is we can be as dysfunctional as we are and we can also be incredibly powerful at the same time by by allowing guidance and allowing spirit to come through us And, and so what did occur during that time because that was my time probably of incredible dysfunction, but also uh, incredible creation because that's when all of my work really started coming out, more so because I was taking every challenge and gleaning from it the wisdom and the understanding, which is really why we go through those things so that we can become the elders and then share that knowledge with others uh, so that they don't have to go through the same or to ease their journey. And so as I would go through the the course of my week in the midst of my crazy marriage and my workaholicness and all the different things that I was still trying to sort through in myself, I would simply take notice. And I would always ask, where is that in me or what is it trying to teach me? Because I did understand, and the way I have led myself every single day is that every single thing that shows up in my life is there to see more about myself and is there so that I can grow. And so if I looked at every challenge, every difficult person, every obstacle in that way, all of a sudden I wasn't projecting, I wasn't blaming, I wasn't shaming someone else. I was taking personal responsibility, and I wanted to walk my talk. And so that's how I have led my life, is regardless of what shows up, I'm going to take responsibility for that and figure out what I did to create it, or where it was inside of me. That's really powerful. So when we start really resonating with those the conversations with God, then it, it deepens us to the journey to enlightenment. It does, because all of a sudden we start to realize we have to make choices. The conversations help us realize where we're not saying no, where we're not setting boundaries, where we've settled. Um, Because the more we betray ourselves, the more obstacles we place in our path. And as we step out of those obstacles, what we're really doing is stepping out of conformity. And that journey to enlightenment is not some cosmic happening where you ascend into other planes. The, The true journey to enlightenment is understanding how to be the human, the householder, the common man that is willing to be kind, be passionate, be imaginative, be inspirational. And that means letting go of anything that is an identity that binds and allowing oneself, instead of growing up, to grow young, to become the child, to see through the eyes of the child, to live from the heart of the child, to move with the inspiration and innovation that a child would move by. That's the true journey to enlightenment. Well, I know that also in addition and uh, to highlight a lot of the information that you teach in your in your books, and you, you teach it just 
living life every day, that's for sure. But you also do some webinar programs and some online classes. Uh, One of them that you have is the BU to Fullness course. Tell us about that. I designed that course because so many people started writing me about the conversations with the universe. They wanted to understand a little deeper how to get the messages out of them or have a more palpable way to dive even deeper uh, into the book than the book went. And so I created that course to take people through many different scenarios to help them understand more deeply how our children are there to show us so much about ourselves or our pets or some of these different things that are in our lives, in addition to incorporating the chakra system and how to balance out and tune up those areas energetically while we're working on the physical and the emotional. Well, what so is it's an thing? online course that right. people can register for and have access to audios and meditations and all of the material. And you can register right on IamSimron.com. Um, Simron's website um, is listed there as one of the programs that she offers. Um, when you talk about... Uh, a new expanding vision of and for your your life. Um, are you talking about goal setting, uh, treasure mapping, or just clarity of purpose? What? Um, how do you feel about wanting to know or wanting to have an intention of where you're going in the future? I'm not one that is. Uh, a proponent of goal setting. I, I don't really believe in plans. Me either. Um, I think that that is. The, Why am I, I think surprised? that's the work of the. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the work of the ego, and the ego, you know, tends to take us in lots of different directions that we don't need to go. Uh, I do believe there's an organic unfolding system, and the more we begin to trust, the more we begin to allow time then things happen for us and and things open up. A lot of my work is to help people learn to trust. That's initially what Conversations with the Universe was written for. I discovered that I didn't trust life. I didn't trust the world. I didn't trust God. I didn't trust myself. And the signs were a way to say, help me learn how to trust. And the more I did, I discovered not only that I could trust life, I could trust God, I could trust myself, but in fact, that it's all me anyway, just like it's all you. And so for people that are in this place of of goal setting and having to set a plan and having to to set an intention for something way out there, it's not that I'm against any of those things. I would ask those people, what is it you're running after and why are you running? Because I think people have gotten caught up on a track and they don't even realize that they've been caught up in this track and they're running. And if they stopped long enough, most of them would probably say they aren't even doing what they want to do or they would say they've settled into a life they never thought they'd live or they would say, I'm not even feeling fulfilled. There's something still missing. So my work is not about making a seven-figure income or getting someone to a certain place. My work is about your fulfillment, your soul, your heart. That is the work of the mystic, and and that's the place that I want people to reach because ultimately our freedom, our salvation, our experience is going to be based on love and connection and our willingness to fill ourselves up on the inside, not on the outside. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> because I, I love the way you frame it. And I, I often say, you know, when people say, what's your two or three year plan? Or where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in two years? I go, I have no idea. You know, I have no idea. I just want the highest way of my life. But we're so mm-hmm. um, ingrained in that in our society uh, you got to know, you got to know, you got to know, and it, it's such an illusion anyway because you don't ever know. Um, it is the ego, if, if for no other reason, getting in the way or, or bringing on things. I, I and I'm kind of just reflecting back what you've already said, but 
it's it's like we bring in things that we don't even want that aren't really part of our our highest self and expression. And look at how it is a setup for judgment. Because by by having goals and having ambitions and having to reach a certain way or having a hierarchical society, it then gives us the right to judge others. It gives people the right to judge themselves. So it's it's not a wonder that the world systems are crumbling. It's not a wonder wonder that that the family structure is having issues because we have set up a society that is based on a surface view of things and is based on judgment. And it's important that we go back and discover what we really feel. And what we're going to probably encounter first is grief, grief for the dreams that we didn't follow, that we really wanted because they were judged by someone else, or grief from the things we didn't spend time with because we had to catch up with a goal or an outcome or an agenda of someone else. There's a lot of sadness and grief on this planet. And, you know, many people might say, gosh, I I thought I was going to hear an inspirational talk. And this is an inspirational talk because the moment you realize that you can taste that juiciness of grief and let it flow and discover something that is far beyond that, you're going to find a well of inspiration that never stops. Until then... People are going to keep hitting glass ceilings because they're setting ceilings that don't even serve them. And and that's what we keep bumping up against. Mm. Very powerful. So when you when you work with someone and I know that you have people call you from all over the world, um, this new way of, of looking at life through a through a different window or through a different um set of glasses once they're willing to go through the uncomfortable because it it is going to be uncomfortable because it's such a pattern of being in a box and and so many people being told what to do for so long are thinking it's going to be easier because they take the easiest approach um can you give us an example of a person or two that then their whole world wakes up to a whole different way of being? I've had numerous individuals that were caught up in that, and I'm going to say American dream, Mm -hmm. uh, about attaining something and getting somewhere and having the house and the cars and, you know, pursuing that dream of one day being able to retire and having enough and then traveling. And I've seen so many people that keep working continuously for that moment, and then either the moment never gets there, or by the time the moment gets there, they've so neglected their body and their spirit that they can't do what they originally set out to do. And so I get lots of people like that that come to me before they've gotten to that place and say, I'm in this this wheel that I can't get out of, and, and I'm exhausted, and I feel depleted and I don't have any energy and I don't have time for my family and my, my relationships are breaking apart and the money's not enough and all of these things are taking place. And it's only because they believe that they don't have enough time and that there's somewhere that they have to go. And once I get them to realize that they, they give themselves their own time, they give themselves the things that really nurture their spirit and are self-loving, Once I assist them in taking the steps to go there, because for many people that's a very difficult staircase to walk, they start to realize they have this ability to expand time. They start to realize they have this ability to create resources where there were none without the effort. They start to realize that there's something more meaningful in life than all the baubles and beads, and it actually gives them more pleasure than what they thought they had. And they start to realize that the life of simplicity is much more fulfilling than the life of extravagance. And, and that's only a journey that someone can get to when they get to, uh, when they're ready to make that choice to say, I want something different. And what I know is when it hurts bad enough, people get there. And until then, they can, they can believe that they're fulfilled and that their lives are joyful, but when they reach those quiet moments that they're by themselves and they face their true self, 
that's when they have to ask the question, am I really living the life my soul intended to be here to live? Wow. I think we should just be writing a series of quotes. (laughs) (laughs) And putting those down, I'm like, you go, girl. I'm like, yeah, that's a great, I get that one. That's a great sound bite. Yeah, I can really relate with that one. It just just pours out of you. And the point being, because you have been in the practice of exactly what you're talking about. Well, you know, the thing is, the, the gift and grace of suffering is, and no one wants to suffer. Everyone wants to question why there is suffering. And Buddha said life is suffering. But when we know this, then why haven't we embraced it? Why haven't we realized that we have to carry something that's necessary for us? Why do we even believe that we chose suffering? We've made victims of ourselves even by going into that there's this idea of suffering that I have to transcend. But if we can turn around and understand that suffering just is, it's a gift, and it's, it's something that is part of the human experience. And this gift allows us a place of choice. It allows us to understand that we're not here to judge, that we're not here to fight, we're not here to change anything, we're not here to do anything other than being the mystic or the visionary that there's a grand position that we can take, and that is compassion is a choice. Love is a choice. Truth is a choice. Aliveness is a choice. And if we own the present, the right here, right now, and we own the gift that's inside of us and we receive what's inside of us, then we understand that we're receiving our own soul. We're receiving what the soul calls for. The more we resist, the more we fight it, the more we bring suffering into us. And so there are going to be those of us that are willing to go there and be be the ones that have these hard conversations and be the ones that are willing to feel and be the ones that are willing to face the darkness. And it doesn't make us better or worse than anyone else. It just makes us people that are willing to carry our load or even more than our load on the planet of clearing all that ails us. And I think there's no greater service that we can do. We have to ask, who are we serving, ourselves, or are we serving others? When you were mentioning earlier about the, you know, so many people don't ask if this is what my soul wants to do, um, the Journey of the Soul Travel Kit that you offer is another online course, isn't it? Yes, yes. So many people don't know how to navigate the bumps in the road, the pebbles, the rocks, and the boulders when they do show up. And we tend to go into reaction rather than response. We tend to go into movement rather than stillness. And so the Journey of the Soul Travel Kit was an online program that I created so that people had some tools that they could right away go into so that they didn't fall victim to their own patterns and behaviors because we don't even know what our patterns are. We're so used to them. And this way, whenever something happened, rather than take the normal pill, as you said before, we can move into something that allows us to deepen inside rather than leaping on the outside trying to make a change or fix something that possibly is not ours to fix. And when you talk about uh, within your your body of work about the soul and it, its path, when you talk about the tool of space, um, is that in a reference to uh, those gaps between the no longer and the not yet? Is it broader as far as the spaces within everyday life where someone you had a call with you can't get through or the, the moments that something could change within that moment if we would let it, more often we don't. Is it that kind of space? It is. It goes from the most minute to the most expansive. It okay. is everything from the space between words to understand what's being said that's not being said, being able to listen within the space all the way to being willing to be in the open space of the void, the complete nothingness and allowing what was to fall away so that you can stay in this open space and sit and allow something new to be born. And the first that I mentioned is the bottom step towards the last that I mentioned. 
because people aren't going to willingly leap into the void. But they can begin by noticing the small spaces that are in their life or between sentences or the greater spaces that they live in and how sacred they feel or don't feel or the relationship space and what that energy is. So it's helping people to understand space from different perspectives so that as they move between uh, different groups of people or different experiences, they can pull in that knowledge of space to assist them at that time. Well, I just feel you have so many um, amazing um, tools that can support anyone at whatever level their life happens to be at. And um, these two online courses just they seem profoundly in line with anybody that's going through change or uh, that wants to, I like to say, not only just think about what is wrong or uh, the perception of broken, but something you long to be greater and, and more right in your world. Uh, I would think either one of these, if not both of them, would be great add-ons to really support somebody on their journey. Well, I think the reason that I created the different types of courses that I have is because spirituality is not supposed to fit into our life. It's supposed to be our lives fitting into our spirituality. And these courses are to give people a practice so that they stay in tune with what's really important in life. It's easy to allow our children and our relationships and our work and our money and everything else that's out there in the world to distract us. But it is the devotion, the devotion to self, the devotion to soul, the devotion to spirit, the devotion to humanity that is most important. And when we really engage in a devotionary way to ourselves, we start to see those other shifts in the other parts of our world. And so my practice that I engage in is what I typically tend to share, both through its uh, practical ways as well as its understanding and its wisdom. And, you know, whatever is there that can serve people, I'm more than happy for them to partake in, and whatever doesn't resonate, then it was not meant for them. So I'm here as an example and am here to show that we are creative beings and we are continually to create. Well, speaking of wisdom, I am I'm grateful that myself and all of our listeners were able to sit for a while with a cup of tea and, and be with you, Simran Singh. You can go to Simran's website, IamSimran.com, and you can see all that she's doing and her activities, her speaking engagements, and just like myself, you'll find yourself with an ink pen, like writing that down and pondering it for later. So I love that, that spirituality is not... What we are to fit into our lives, our lives are, say that again, see, you got me, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't here to fit spirituality into our life, we are here to fit our lives into our spirituality. Oh, wow. Well, what a perfect ending to a great time together. Simran, thanks so much for being a difference maker and all that you are in the world. And it, it's a privilege not only to know you as a colleague, but to, to understand and relate to you in the deepest way as a soul sister. Thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, likewise, I feel exactly the same way about you, Temple. Thank you for having me on, and I look forward to being with you at uh, the upcoming fabulous event that you are creating in at the end of June. At the end of June, we will all be here in St. Petersburg celebrating the New Thought Channel where New Thought is featured on Roku and Apple Firefox television. We are so blessed. Thank you, Simron. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part 
by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehays.org. of thousands of listeners like you have been transformed through the ministry of Paulette Pipe and her program, Touching the Stillness, one of the longest-running programs on Unity Online Radio. Paulette's latest album of guided meditations, Blissful Stillness, is a new and different experience. The mystical quality of her beautiful voice will reverberate through a Zen-style meditation, a mudra meditation, which are yoga hand positions to deepen your practice, and guided meditations, which we know and love. It features a new instrumental sound by Kelly Hunt with a bonus track by Kathy Zavada. Experience a blissful immersion into quiet and stillness by purchasing your own copy at Shop. Dot unityonline.org Remember when you entered first grade? Did you find it hard to believe you'd ever be able to learn and do all that was expected of you? Do you remember how, through your own consistent effort and the support of your parents and teachers, you did learn the basics and went on to master more complex skills? Life is a process similar to the one we experience in school. As we move through life and attempt to expand our awareness of who we are and what life is all about, we encounter new problems, such as the schoolroom of daily living. We can approach each situation with a positive attitude, take one step at a time, and know it's only a matter of persistence before we arrive at a solution. Repeated efforts will accomplish any undertaking. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. Here on Unity Online Radio. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing and recovering. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, 
boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogis and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind, Body, Spirit, FM or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 